Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Get ready for one full hour of great content right here on the Believe Hour. You were born way too early. Had you been yeah, born now, that you would you imagine the money that you'd be making now? Imagine the money we'd all be making now, <laughs> you know, with some of the guys who are in broadcasting. Oh. You, think of, you think of Perk making $3 million a year. Well, so what are you talking about? Yeah. We all were born too early. I guess. I guess. I don't even like Perk. I think he's not my cup of tea. Well, you know what? Perk has has developed a niche. Yeah. And I and I did not think it would I didn't think it would work. I thought the country drawl and all that. You remember when people talked about how I was country and all but that has now changed. Yeah, that is the voice that is the voice of your guys, you know, who you know who's rolling over his grave right now? Many people. He is Cedric one person. One person. I'll get to you second because we are now live. He is Cedric Maxwell. Who's the one person? (laughs) Who's the one person? Man, I wanted to say that. Who's the one person? I, I can't now because we're live. Okay. <laughs> Marty Glickman. Oh, yeah. Your pal. <laughs> he is Cedric he Maxwell. I think on to that, but Marty Glickman is rolling over now with the vocabulary that some of the guys are using in broadcast yeah. and how it works. He is he's absolutely rolling over yeah he is cedric maxwell i was kidding him before saying that he was born too soon i mean with the skills that you had the ability that you played at at the level you played the money that's being tossed around now is i mean jalen brunson's a nice player okay superstars make a hundred million dollar contracts he's not a superstar right nope nope but you know he's he's in a market now uh, like New York, that is desperate to have a good player, not not a great player right now. They're desperate to, and and I just think they're starting the foundation. They they see that he's a good player, he's a scorer, and we've seen New York run many scores out of the building so many times. But uh, you know, he seems like a tough kid. Dad plays, so I think he has an understanding of the game. So I think it's a good start off point for the Knicks. You're listening to the Believe Radio Hour. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you believe? Get ready for one full hour of great content right here on the Believe Hour. I don't know if enough has been made of it, but when I heard that uh, he would look like he was going to sign with the Knicks, uh, let me see, his father is now an assistant coach. That's one. His former agent is... uh, is uh, uh, Rose, who's the president of the Knicks. His son is now Brunson's agent. And I'm thinking to myself, does the word tampering enter the conversation? Uh, tampering or conflict of interest? It come <laughs> in any place in there. But I think that's just the, that, the new scheme. And, you know, you look at Polinka, uh, Rob Polinka, who's out in, you know, uh, with the uh, out with the Lakers, you know, he was, you know, one of LeBron's guys. So I think that, you know, players and and coaches and GMs and a lot of stuff now have gotten into bed with each other where as one time, as you and I would know, it, was, it wasn't like that. Well, the thing that's interesting to me, Max, is that uh, there's a lot of player movement that started that when the day free agency. Free agency wasn't a half an hour old. And there were already 20 deals done 
the Celtics made a couple of moves, which I want to ask you about. The acquisition on the trade for Malcolm Brogdon uh, and uh, Dino Gallinari, uh, who they swiped off of the free agent market. Brogdon is uh, a tremendous get for the Celtics, in my opinion. But now the question is, how do these pieces fit between he and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? How do all these pieces fit together? Well, you know, they, they had that problem one time before when they had Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum and Brown and Horford, and, you know, Morris. They went down. They had so much talent. So I think that Ime has to find a way to work these guys in together. Uh, Brogdon, I think, is, is going to probably not going to start, but he's going to be a guy who's going to handle the ball a lot and be a facilitator and set the table. Uh, I talked to a couple of people uh, yesterday. I was doing a um, uh, Zoom call, and we were talking about Brogdon, and this guy's from Indiana. He says, well, Malcolm Brogdon should be everything that you should love. He is off the court. He is fundamentally tied to the community. Uh, you know, he does all these different things. But he just said that Brogdon came to Indiana, and he didn't want to defer to anybody. He wanted the ball. He wanted to be the man. Well, who was he going to defer to when he was with the Pacers? Uh, now that he's with the Celtics, I think thing a lot of things will change because you have Tatum, you have Brown, have guys who are in front of him. And here's the biggest thing that nobody's going to talk about. In fact, this is Malcolm Brogdon's last year on his deal at $20 million. So you're trying, he's trying to set a, a throw a stone in the water, make a big splash so he can have an outstanding year. The other thing you hear to complain about him was the fact that he missed so many games. Uh, here's a guy who was rookie of the year. Nobody saw that coming when he first got in the league and then became a very good player, but then just kind of left his, he left places like Milwaukee. Milwaukee wins the championship. He leaves Virginia uh, in college. They won the championship. So yeah, his track record with some of the places he's left doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. He is Cedric Maxwell, broadcaster, along with Sean Grandy on Celtics Radio. So you don't see this as a problem in terms of starters minutes for Brogdon. Uh, Marcus Smart is still the engine uh, that motivates this team. But if I would suggest to you, Max, that the first day of training camp, Ime is going to, the first thing he's going to talk about is, okay, we're going to talk about ball security because that was the that was the Achilles heel for the Celtics in the finals. It was. It, it, it really was, I think. And you look at Jason Tatum, uh, what, 100 turnovers, 100 turnovers, broke the record, and still had a couple of, had a game to go uh, when it came to turning the basketball over. So uh, ball security uh, did cost them. Uh, the fact that they... Uh, had India that they had Golden State on the ropes. They were up 2 1 uh, here for game four in Boston late in the contest, went up by five, and then they got walked down in that game. And I think that was the difference between them winning a championship and losing it. They did not cash in at that moment. They go up 3 1. I think that they could have secured a championship. But you let Golden State go back. Two to two, and then became a dog fight. So Gallinari, who I mentioned before, he fits. He's a good three-point shooter. Um, you know, they got him basically for a song. Uh, so what else is left for the Celtics to do? Do you see 
uh, the free agent market closing for them, or are they still out there looking for more pieces? Well, I, I think, and, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy with the checkbook, but one, I think that they're going to be paying luxury tax of almost $30 million, but they do have a $17 million tax, tax exemption. Uh, I think that they got some, so we'll see if they go out and use that, and they have to use that, I think, this year. So to go out and to acquire another good player, I think, would be an asset. They had to elongate their bench, and their defense was fantastic. But what let them down in the playoffs was the fact offensively. And you can get as cute as you want to during the regular season, but during the uh, playoffs, as you and I know, baskets come a lot harder, and their offense kind of let them down. I heard a name this morning floated around in connection with the Celtics, and the name was Jay Crowder. Are you hearing anything about that? Ooh, Jay Crowder, that would be a great name. I would love Jay Crowder because the way he does, what he brings, the attitude that he brings to your team uh, from a just not really giving a damn standpoint, going to get up in your face and challenge you. I would love to have Jay Crowder back in the uniform here. Good three-point shooter, good defender, smart player, uh, and has played in the system before. So Jay Crowder would be a great name if you can bring him back in. Another name I like is Morris Mar- uh, Senior. Excuse me. Uh, if you can bring Marquis Morris Senior, if you bring him back, I think it gives you the ability to have somebody a little bit more mean. The thing that, uh, for me, that was uh, evident was the fact that Draymond Green kind of bullied this team, and nobody bullied him back. And I think you need one of those guys on your team. When you go back to the finals, interesting, usually a finals, uh, there are a lot of close games. This was not the case. All six games were decided by double digits. That's not a, that, You don't see that too often. No, no, you don't. But I think it was the way these teams played. Uh, whoever got hot at a certain time. And the thing about it, you couldn't stop Steph Curry. That was that was like watching, you know, a bunch of kids and a grown man out there scoring when everyone, and, you know, just, just put the Celtics to bed. Yeah, that thing where it says night-night, well, people start to do that. <laughs> That's what he did with the Celtics late in that basketball game. He started knocking down trays, and uh, they were committed. They were committed to move the ball. The Celtics were committed more on dribbling basketball, and that's what got them in trouble Mm -hmm. a lot. I think one thing they have to do is maybe increase the ball movement on their offensive end. Uh, The easiest easiest position to guard is a guy defensively when he's guarding because he can't out-dribble a defense that's set up for him. But the easiest way to attack a defense like that is ball movement. You can move the ball faster via the pass than you can the dribble, and the Celtics have to learn that lesson. And you watch Golden State give them that lesson of ball movement via the pass. I think when um, free agency started, and then we found out, we, we heard uh, the shocking revelation that Kevin Durant has asked the Nets uh, to trade him. Uh, he basically, and I, I'm going to say it's the league, not just the, the Nets, I think Kevin Durant right now is holding the league hostage. Well, not he is, but he is. You know, he's under contract. So if they, if the Nets decide that they're not going to move him, 
Where's he gonna go? He could be. He's, he has a three or four year deal that is right in front of him. So if they want to move him, they move him. But so they're holding as many cars as Kevin, Kevin Durant's holding. But you look at that team, and if you're Sean Marks. The general manager, and you're saying, okay, are we going to take this thing down to the studs? You know, you're that's what you're going to do. You're going to do it by moving the rent and trying. And what you want to do, I think you want to have most of your players being happy. Uh, but where has Kevin Durant been happy? You're listening to the Believe Radio Hour. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you believe? And now back to the show. Well, what about what about his partner, Kyrie Irving? You know a lot about him since he was in Boston, but here's a guy that, uh, I mean, if, 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 if anybody destroyed the Nets this year, it was Kyrie Irving, and he hasn't changed who he is. He is who he is. He, he thinks about himself. Uh, I don't think team comes into his mind, uh, but the fact of the matter is he's a top 10 player in the league, but I don't believe his trade value is... Probably it's at its lowest right now. Probably is at its lowest, but he is probably going to be committed more this year than he ever was. He is going to be the ultimate Boy Scout this year because there's a $250 million payday out yep, there for him. Yep. If, he, if he goes and plays well and keeps his nose clean and, and, and does all the right things, you know, I, there are teams right now, you, you cannot deny that he isn't one of the top point guards in this league. One of the top point guards, scoring-wise, has ever been in the NBA. Uh, but all those other ancillary things that come along with Kyrie, those are the things that hurt him. You know, I, I've always been a huge fan of his. But then I took offense when he was in the garden, wasn't even playing in a playoff game, and the Nets come in and win, and he's comes in and he stomps on the leprechaun like wipes, like doo-doo off his shoes. And uh, I was like, why would you do that? And, I don't, and, and then somebody threw a water bottle at him. No, that was that was ignorant and I'm glad they arrested that guy. But I'm still, why is Kyrie trying to stoke the fire when you really didn't have to stoke it? You, you already won the game. Well, I mentioned Kevin Durant. You know, what could the Nets get for him? And the answer is a lot. But the question is, who's going to give up? I mean, right now, the favorites, right now, the favorites, Phoenix Suns uh, is one. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, look, DeAndre Ayton could be part of that package. Um, But, I mean, could you imagine the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul? I mean, that's a championship caliber team. Well, you would think so. That would be that the case. But do you, you lose some of that uh, solidness that you had in the middle with Aiden? Uh, Aiden was a, a, a damn good player. Played well for him. Mm-hmm. Came close to winning the championship. They won. Nobody. Everybody said there was no super team last year. They won sixty-three games. Right. Well, what do you mean there was no super team? Right. In the regular season, but you know that kid's a hell of a player. But if you're talking about Durant going out there. And the foundation of him, uh, you know, getting eight and coming to Brooklyn. I think that, you know, if I'm Brooklyn right now, you want to start over, get a young, dynamic player like that uh, who could who could be a foundation for what you want to do. So, yeah, Kevin Durant is going to be is is desirable to so many teams, but you're going to have to pay a king's ransom. 
And then once you get him in your kingdom, is he happy once he's in your kingdom? Well, that's that's the that's the operative question. A couple of moves. Look, the East was very very deep last year. Uh, the acquisition by Atlanta of Dejounte Murray to team up with Trey Young. That's a pretty dynamic backcourt. I don't like it. Why? Whatever the whatever it is, I don't. I'm not. I'm not feeling that because I'm not because Trey needs the ball in his hands to be effective. Murray needs the ball in his hands to be effective. Murray isn't a come off the come off the pick jump shooter. He's not. He needs the ball in his hands to get in position to take the ball to the hole. Trey almost the same way to get open. He normally has to do one of these things where he's dribbling the basketball through his legs and all this kind of, you know, malarkey. So I'm not crazy about those two guys playing together. Hmm. Um, what about uh, Rudy Gobert goes to the Timberwolves? He and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, a modern version of the Twin Towers. Uh, does that make Minnesota a contender in the West? Do you still believe there's a Twin Towers out there? That no. game for the game for seven footers now, that's the way of the down support. That's why Rudy Gobert, that's why Dan, Trader Danny, Danny Ainge goes out there and starts moving pieces because he's saying, This is how I want to make my team. I want to make my team. I'm going to keep this one guy, Donovan Mitchell, and I'm going to do what I did in Boston. I'm going to go out and get other players to surround him. Rudy Gobert didn't fit the system for the way they play. They played that. How many times have we seen Rudy Gobert in a in late in a basketball game? They have to take him out because he can't defend those pick and rolls, or he can't defend when they take him out on the on the post. So I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not crazy about that move. I'm not really crazy about it. I, you know, it is a twin tower. They're stronger, but is that is that the way the game is played right now? No. It, but that's a good throwback to the old days. You know, you brought up Draymond Green before. No, no, before, before I finish that, let me let's go back. Let's let's insert right now Rudy Gobert playing against Memphis. Okay. With the, and if he was with the Timberwolves, does he help the Timberwolves win that? No, because Memphis played a full court game. And that's something that is counterintuitive to what Rudy Gobert brings to the table. Memphis is an intriguing team because John Morant, he the way he played last year, he solidified himself as one of the top players in the league. Uh, he makes them a threat. Uh, I, I'm very intrigued. Uh, with, you know, and this is only July. I can't wait to the start of the NBA season because a lot of unanswered questions are going to be answered, and that brings me to. You know, I mean, is Golden State still in the mix? Yes, obviously. Um, is Boston? Yes, obviously. Uh, but is there anybody? Look, Milwaukee was hurt because they didn't have Middleton last year, and the Celtics beat him without Middleton. If he was there, you know, who knows if things would have been different. But he makes them, we know that Giannis is Giannis, but Middleton is a top flight, not, not only a number two guy, he could be a star in almost any other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scoring the basketball he can. I mean, there are a lot of different changes that people have looked at, but you. But I think it depends on who's hot and who's healthy, and that just happens to go along with the way this league is. Nobody would have picked the Boston Celtics to get to the finals. They get to the finals last year. Nobody picked them, especially with the gauntlet that they had to run into. Mm-hmm. 
beginning, oh my God, you can't finish second because you're going to have to play Brooklyn. Well, they sweep Brooklyn. You can't finish second because now you're going to have to play Milwaukee, the defending champs. They beat them. You can't play Miami because they have home court advantage. You beat them. And you get to the finals and you're two games away from winning. It depends on who is healthy and how they're playing. I mean, there are a lot of teams I think are going to have an opportunity to win. And a lot of teams are probably going to, you know, die on the vine early. You know, you think about how money is being spent. You talked about that earlier. But if you're Washington and you go out and give Bradley Beal $50 million a year, does Bradley does Bradley Beal make you a championship contender, or is he just is he just a really good player? I'll tell you what, there was one signing that got, drew my attention, and that was John Wall going to the Clippers, uh, on the assumption that Kawhi's back and ready to play, and Paul George. All of a sudden, you look at the Clippers as a viable contender in the West. Ty Lue has got a lot of uh, equipment there, but the thing that the Clippers have never been—you look at those guys you talk about. John Wall has often been hurt. Kawhi Leonard has often been hurt. Right. Paul George has often been hurt. Can those guys be healthy for an uh, entire year? I, I just don't know. that they. If I was looking at my crystal ball, I'd probably say no. Because you look at every year, one of those guys has been hurt. And I love Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my God, he's one of the top players in this league, defensively and offensively. But how many times, how many seasons has he been able to compete yep. at a full level? Other than, you know, you saw him when he's with um, Toronto. Toronto. Right. It'll be interesting, my man. So you're going out and playing golf today, right? Because I know you got some great golf outfits. Yeah, that would be it. I'm, I'm, me, and, me and Tiger Woods, I got him calling <laughs> up in a few minutes. We're going out, out, on a, going out with a foursome right now. Yeah, me and Tiger, we'll grab a couple other brothers and we'll just hang out at the golf course. I love you, man. You keep strong and stay safe. Thanks. All right. Take it easy, buddy. He is the great Cedric Maxwell. He's, I worked with that guy for four years. I never laughed so much. Every single night was like a dream because he would take it in a direction that was unattainable. But, you know. It's Kevin. Oh, Kevin, it's Howard David. How are you today? Good. How are you, Howard? He is Kevin Ray, the TV voice of the Phoenix Suns. Everybody's talking about if Kevin Durant goes to the Phoenix Suns, what is that going to do to the Valley of the Sun? It's going to make an interesting uh, dynamic. The question is, what is it going to take Phoenix to give up to get Kevin Durant? Yeah, that seems to be the uh, the ongoing question, and I'm not sure that we've really gotten a you know a sense of other than you know you've heard the descriptions of a massive haul. Um, but you know, how is that defined and what exactly does that look like? And without any, you know, specifics, uh, at the moment, we're all kind of left to, to wonder and guess. Well, uh, you, most people think that it's going to cost them, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Do you see it that way? Yeah. I mean, look it, 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 at this juncture and even, you know, leading into it, um, it was pretty clear that, just when you when you looked at the money and the the players involved, that it was going to take a, 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 at the very least a three team deal, uh, just because of how complicated it is. As I mentioned, because of the money that, that you know Kevin Durant is making and will continue to make, 
and those other contracts that are on the books uh, for the Suns. And you, you look at some other pieces around the league with other teams, and I think that's what makes the most sense. Um, you know, if you're the Suns, and I think this is what has become, you know, pretty clear, although nothing has come out, you know, officially from the organization, not surprisingly, and that is, you know, you you don't want to and really can't afford to gut your entire team mm you know, just to acquire one player. And I think that that's why, uh, you know, we've seen this thing kind of drag on a little longer than maybe most people, you know, expected or anticipated. You're listening to the Believe Radio Hour. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you believe? And now back to the show. I don't see this deal happening overnight uh, It's because it's very complex. I think you're right. Going to take it's going to be multi teams involved in making this thing happen, but and then Devin Booker they got to come to grips with the fact that he's looking at a max contract in the neighborhood of 220 million dollars. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, you know, I love the guy, I think he's a hell of a player, and I've talked to your guy Al McCoy frequently during the course of the year. And it, you know, there were people were saying, Well, he's, he's slipping a little bit. Hey. Chris Paul at 90% is still a premier point guard. Well, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, these last two postseasons um, have, you know, have been hard pills to swallow uh, for Chris. But, you know, looking at those last few games, um, I think it's, it's I, I find it always kind of interesting and, and laughable how, you know, an entire season and in some respects an entire career can be erased by a couple of poor games. Mm. Um, but, you know, that is, that's the world that we live in. It's, it's a here and now. And, um, but yeah, I, I, there, there is a reason that Chris Paul continues to, to, you know, play and operate at a very high level, uh, you know, through the course of the regular season. They came into the playoffs with 64 wins, best record in the West, uh, beat New Orleans four games to two. And then the Dallas series, after winning the first two games, the Suns had one win after that, uh, winning game five by 30, lose game six by 27, lose game seven by 33. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Had to be very disappointing for the Phoenix Suns organization. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it, it's, it is a, a series and an outcome that... Um, has left many perplexed and scratching their head and uh, you know myself included because the, the team that I saw those last two games uh, was certainly not the the club that that you know I, I saw and, and broadcast you know those 64 wins for and and that's what leaves you you know you just kind of with that that giant question mark I mean there's only one team that gets to hoist the trophy at the end of the season and um, everybody's, you know, always kind of like trying to, to come to grips with, you know, how they lost and, and why they lost. But uh, that, that series in particular uh, just left a lot of lingering questions. And, you know, um, I'm not sure that Suns fans will ever really get the, the answers uh, that they want. And, and quite frankly, I'm not sure that any answer uh, will satisfy <laughs> their you know their disappointment because of how well that team played all season long yeah he's kevin ray the tv voice of the phoenix suns you look at that dallas team look they sink or swim with luka Doncic, but jalen brunson had an outstanding playoff run 
Uh, now he's signed as a free agent with the Knicks. They gave him over $100 million. Now, $100 million usually says superstar. I don't believe Jalen Brunson is a superstar. I think he's a really good player. Uh, look, I was surprised that you know Dallas didn't do, I guess they tried to do everything that they could do to keep him. But how much of a hole does this leave the Dallas Mavericks? Well, there, there's no denying that uh, it has left a you know a significant hole in terms of what they want to do offensively, and you know what, what you're hoping for now is that Luca can stay healthy and and play you know an entire season, come in in shape. Uh, but look, you you lose a guy like you know like Brunson who really you know has continued to ascend. Uh, it, it's not an easily replaceable uh, player, and that's something that they're going to have to try to figure out. But I'm not sure that they're going to find it, you know, at least immediately mm. um, as it sits right now. Look, I, the, I'm a, a little bit of a skeptic, Kevin. I got to be honest with you. When I heard this deal came down, I said, "Wait a minute." Leon Rose is the president of the Knicks. His son is representing Jalen Brunson. Leon Rose is now the president of the Knicks, and now the assistant coach for the Knicks is another guy named Brunson. Uh, I mean, are we talking about tampering here? And will the league even look into it? Uh, well, look, I, I don't know that anybody is really surprised, and I know that there's already been some some you know talks and, and chatter out there that that the Knicks are are quite frankly you know anticipating and prepared to be fine uh by the nba it it, it became um pretty clear and it was uh, it was kind of laughable to me how they didn't you know n nobody was trying to to hide anything mm. um you know week 10 days leading at the free agency it seemed pretty much a foregone conclusion right. and it didn't look as or sound as though you know new york was was trying to hide anything so I think they're willing to take whatever penalty they got the guy that they wanted. But to your point, it remains to be seen if there's, you know, enough pieces around him uh, to, you know, to continue to, to elevate his play. And look, you know, the one thing when you're talking about a, a player like Jalen Brunson, who I don't want to say he's burst upon the scene because we've seen him, you know, continue to grow over the last couple of years. But, you know, when you become the number one guy on the scouting report, uh, the, the game changes, and I think that's what a lot of folks will look on with great interest is, you know, how he uh, prepares and how he and the Knicks are are able to, you know, to kind of counter that. And I think that'll be one of the, the great uh, kind of questions to be answered as the season goes on. The Knicks have been looking for a point guard since Walt Frazier retired. Well, actually, they <laughs> traded him, if you remember, uh, but... I mean, that's 1973 when they won a championship. They haven't won a title since then. And uh, is Jalen Brunson an upgrade of what they had? Yes. But you're right. They re-signed Mitchell Robinson to a free agent contract, although he has very little offensive game. He's basically a shot blocker and a rebounder, and he plays pretty good defense. But I still will, I, I, I will not be shocked if they trade Julius Randle, I really think that some team that's close to being a contender can use a guy like that. Right. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you a bit. Um, and, 
you know, he he took a uh, you know his game had a significant drop off last year. Now, right. Was that you know was that just as a result of again, like I said, you know, teams really loading up on him and and you know becoming more of a focal point with the scouting report remains to be seen. And in you know, will will he be happy with the pieces around him? But I I do think to your point, kind of depending on how things you know, start for, for New York, uh, they feel like they might be able to get, you know, some additional draft picks, some, some, a better piece, if you will, uh, to, to fit in alongside there with what Tom Thibodeau and that organization are trying to do. I'm sure that there are a lot of people in Phoenix and in the Valley of the Sun fan base that is just keeping their fingers crossed that Kevin Durant will join the team because if you get a Kevin Durant, I mean, let's face it, the guy's, I'm going to be, I don't think he's any worse than a top two, three player in the league. Yeah. And, you know, that's why, you know, a lot of folks have said, and I think the feeling is that it's going to take a, you know, a massive haul of players and picks in order for, you know, the, the Nets to, to give him up. Um, you know, it's one thing if there was a year left on his contract, but he's starting the, you know, year one of a new four year agreement. So, right. And I think that's what what a lot of people have been very curious about is because of the the contract situation, and really, you know, Brooklyn is under no obligation to send him anywhere other than the team that gives them, you know, the the best return on their investment. Um, but it, it sounds like, at least from everything that we've been able to gather, and you, you know, you kind of have to take a little bit of which we've read and heard with a grain of salt because it's not coming from anybody officially in the organization or KD himself. But, you know, when, when you look at it, um, you know, they, they, they've got to fortify themselves for the, you know, for the immediate future. And um, so it'll be very interesting to see if, you know, if they acquiesce to where he wants to go and the desert seems to be number one on his list, or if they say, Nope, this is where we're getting the best package, and this is where you're heading. So that's why I think, as you pointed out, you know, this thing's not going to not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, I think Miami is also in the conversation, which would be interesting, because Pat Riley never stops at at pulling the trigger on something he really wants. Uh, yeah. You look at uh, at the uh, the net situation. Uh, not only Durant, but Kyrie Irving. And you wonder how much of Kevin Durant asking for a trade had to do with Kyrie Irving. I mean, it hasn't come out yet. They supposedly are very good friends. Uh, Maybe Durant got tired of all the nonsense. I I don't know. I do know this. Kyrie Irving is uh, is a top 10 player in the NBA. How many point guards can do all the stuff that this guy can do? But he comes with an enormous baggage, an enormous, and then it's not good baggage. Yeah, look, there, there's no denying the, the, the talent level. Um, you know, there there are present and past players who have said he is one of, you know, the, the top probably two, three point guards of all time in terms of his handle and, and what he's able to do. But mm-hmm. uh, as you noted, you know, with, with, uh, with Kyrie, it, it is the availability or in his case, you know, the, the unavailability. Um, and I think that's what, 
what the Nets made very clear at the end of the season. And going back to your point with, with KD, you know, we've heard a, a, a variety of reasons as to why. I don't know that we'll, we'll really get the, the full answer and any real clarity on it until, you know, either one of those players speak. Um, if, if a deal does come down, because, you know, we've seen in the last day or so that reports that they're suggesting that maybe somehow, some way Brooklyn is able to, you know, to, to bring this thing back together. But only time will tell. No, I don't see that. Uh, I, I will say this, where KD brings a lot, I think Kyrie Irving's value has dropped. I, I don't think that uh, he's as coveted because of the, of the off-the-court stuff. And, you know, and, and when you walk into the locker room on game night, how are you going to be sure that he's going to show up? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I, I think that's why you don't see, at least from what's been reported, you don't see, a, you know, a, a line of teams, um, you know, trying to position themselves to, to pull the trigger on that deal for the very reasons you pointed out. Let's talk about uh, the other finalist. Um, uh, Golden State beats the Boston Celtics in six games that were all decided by double digits, which is kind of unusual. But the Celtics then pick up Malcolm Brogdon, which is an intriguing asset. Now, he's had a history of injuries and so on, but he does extend their bench considerably with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart. And then they pick up uh, Danilo Gallinari, and you can never have enough three-point shooters. So all of a sudden, you look at the Celtics. They're not content with where they were last year. They want to do better. Yeah, and look, if, if you know, in, in sports just in general, if, if you are not improving and trying to get better every day um then you're going to get left behind and so it's a you know it's a it's a credit to brad stevens and the job that he did in first year is you know moving up to the executive chair and you know having a strong sense of where their shortcomings uh came in at last year and, and i think brogdon is as you pointed out you know an intriguing pickup uh when healthy he he can be a handful mm -hmm. he fits into what you know, Yudoka likes to do defensively. He's a he's a strong physical defender, and we know what he's capable of doing. You know, on the offensive end of the floor, and I think, you know, you you talk to anybody, and with a player like that, you know, everything that I have heard about him is he's just a you know great locker room guy, hard worker, and it just fits right into the mold that the Celtics are you know have put in place there. You're listening to the Believe Radio Hour. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you believe? And now, back to the show. I said I didn't have a horse in the race. I'm lying. I do have a horse <laughs> in the race. I was actually rooting for Phoenix to win it all because I've known Al McCoy a long time. And yep. I, I was really pulling for the war to the Suns to win a title, get a ring for Al. Uh, you know, you guys have been to the finals a number of times. Uh, couldn't win a ring. I thought this was going to be the year, particularly after the regular season you guys had. So I was rooting for Al, uh, and so I'm, I'm not telling the truth. I, well, I did have a horse in a race. <laughs> <laughs> the horse just got sent to, sent to the pasture a little earlier than we expected. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, what's he been, 50 years in the NBA? Yeah. Oh, yep. Amazing. Truly amazing. Kevin, always enjoy talking to you. Enjoy the rest of the summer, and you stay safe. Thanks, Howard. Always good to catch up with you. Take care. He is Kevin Ray, TV voice of the Phoenix Suns.
I think, I mean, I know we're in the middle of baseball season. I know they're going to training camp and football pretty soon, but I can't wait for the NBA season. I really, I, I don't know what it is. It's, maybe it's because of a lot of movement, so it's fresh. Where Kevin Durant goes doesn't matter to me. I, I really don't care uh, because I think he's tarnished his image a little bit. Uh, I mean, here's a guy with tremendous skills, unhappy in Oklahoma City, got a trade, went to Golden State, forced his way out of there. Now he's in Brooklyn, forcing his way out of there. I don't care for that. I don't care for it. It's just, it's not my way of doing things. I'm, I'm an old-fashioned, old-school guy. Having said that, you stay safe, enjoy your day, and thanks for being a part of Howard David Live. Experience TV, music, podcasts, and games like never before with Sonos Ray. This new compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of all of your entertainment with clear, crisp dialogue and perfectly balanced bass. Just plug in the power cable, connect to your TV, and get set up in the Sonos app within minutes. Before you know it, you have blockbuster sound and streamlined control of content from all of your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to shop Ray now. Thank you for listening to the Believe Radio Hour, brought to you by Believe, the number one content network for professionals. You can find more great content at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.